My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast. Whether you're brand new to the show or you're a seasoned vet, it would mean the world to me if you took just one minute to share this episode with a friend or a colleague who could benefit from what you learned today. And don't forget to also click the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice, because the more subscribers we have, the more that iTunes and the other platforms recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show, which is a special episode where I provide articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to walk and listen instead of sit and read if that is your preference. My hope is that you are going to use this opportunity to get up and step away from your chair for the next 20 minutes and build the habit of moving more, whether you are working, stuck at home, or otherwise. The following is a reading of guest author Debbie Germino's article, I Said No to a Job, a Good One During a Pandemic, which can be read at optimizeyourself.me slash saying no, all one word. And a special thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Evercast and Ergo Driven, both of whom you're going to learn more about in just a little bit. Here's a sentence I never thought I'd write. I said no to a job a great job for a huge network during a pandemic. And it's a decision that after months of soul searching, I'm confident is the right one, but it certainly didn't come easy. Coming to this decision was fraught with fitful nights of anxious dreams and restless sleep. The sleep you get when you're wrestling with a decision you just can't settle on. Another morning with knots in my stomach as the scenarios dance in my head, pros and cons of every option being tossed and turned and mixed up again. Maybe there's just one more possibility I haven't thought of that will settle the debate, ease my mind, and bring the confidence I long for. I know you've been there too. For freelance creatives navigating the gig economy, the freedom to choose our next project is both the blessing and the curse of our existence. Every three to nine months, we face a choice. This job or that one, or even scarier, this job or no job. Even though I've been editing television for over a decade, I still feel flattered and amazed that someone wants to hire me to edit their show. Part of me feels the same gratitude I felt when I got my very first editing job. Really? You're choosing me to cut your show? Amazing! I will not let you down. My enthusiasm often cajoled me into taking any project that came along just for the chance to cut and hone my craft. It didn't matter what the project was, I just wanted to learn. And learn I did. After 10 plus years editing various shows and films, I've learned that choosing the right project does matter. It matters if I connect with the material. It matters that the story is worth telling and that I can add something valuable to it. It matters if I feel passionate about the characters, the style, and the world we are creating. I've also learned that editing is more than a job to me. It's more than just paying the bills. It's a way of connecting connecting with the writers, directors, and producers on the project. 
and connecting with the actors, editors, and most importantly, the audience. It's a collaborative expression of all these connections, and finding the right fit is vital to my growth and authentic expression as an editor. I've always known this, but I haven't always known how to live it. Soul searching for the confidence to say no. To understand what was really going on here, I had to ask myself a few questions. What is so scary about saying no? What do I believe it says about me if I say no? What do I believe will happen if I say no? Not surprisingly, the answers to these questions are predominantly psychological, with only the first one being practical. One, turning down a paycheck is never easy. You wonder if you'll ever get offered another job. You wonder how long you will have to wait to get another offer. Can you survive for that long? These are the practical questions that get easier with more experience and your ability to prepare for times of unemployment. To be clear, it is always okay to say yes to a job if you need the paycheck. Your basic needs must be met and there is no shame in taking work for that reason. Two, it feels rude and arrogant to say no. Somehow, it feels like you're saying you're too good to work on their show. And to be saying that to a producer who is more experienced and more successful feels audacious. Three, you don't want to burn a bridge. If you say no to this project, you assume they'll never offer you another job again. And maybe in the future, they have a project that is really appealing to you. If you've burned that bridge, not only are you saying no to one opportunity, you are potentially saying no to all future opportunities. It's career suicide, right? Four, you'll have to continue networking to find the right job and you suck at networking. It's much easier to say yes and then you can relax and enjoy your time off. Five, being unemployed means you're worthless and aren't contributing to society and your personal responsibilities, i.e. family, bills, etc. Aside from reason number one, these are all limiting beliefs. They are all psychological hurdles that can be overcome. I knew that if I spent time building the confidence to overcome these hurdles, it would lead to getting more suitable and satisfying jobs, which would lead to greater ease in the transitions and enjoying hiatus rather than it being fraught with anxiety over searching for the next gig. As I worked to dismantle these limiting beliefs, I started a blog to share the lessons and strategies for being happier and more resilient. Knowing I wasn't alone in this struggle, I wanted to help others facing similar challenges. Enter Zach Arnold and the Focus Yourself program. I met Zach while training for a Tough Mudder race. When my race companions backed out, I inserted myself into Zach's Spartan training group and became the novice racer with three other veteran male ninja warrior racers. No, they were literally American ninja warriors. To say I was intimidated was an understatement, but backing out was not an option. What I experienced the day of my first Tough Mudder was some of the most encouraging and uplifting support I have ever encountered. I made it through the race smiling and not once wanting to give up or quit. And even if I had, they wouldn't have let me. At the end of the day, I learned two things. Number one, I need to continue to put myself in uncomfortable situations in order to grow. Number two, I need to keep supportive people like Zach and his teammates in my life if I wanna reach my full potential. With his Optimize Yourself program, Zach is doing what I have been wanting to do for years now. I want to help others by creating a space where I can share my knowledge and build a community of people who support and lift each other up while challenging themselves to live their best life. 
So when Zach asked me if I wanted to become a contributing writer as well as a coach for his Focus Yourself program, I had no doubt that yes was the correct answer. But before I could become a coach, I had to be a student. And with the pandemic leaving me unemployed, I had plenty of time to dedicate myself to the program and learn to focus myself on what I truly desired. Little did I know that this would become some of the most useful, beneficial, and valuable educational experiences of my life. Focus Yourself taught me all the things I should have been taught in school that are the foundational building blocks for anyone who wants to live a thoughtful, fulfilling, and purposeful life. Below are the fundamental concepts and mindsets I learned in the program and how each of these lessons has given me the confidence to recognize the wrong types of jobs and turn them down. Number one, set goals that align with your purpose. Most of us spend hours daydreaming about fantasy lives that are unrealistic or unattainable for countless reasons. But what if instead we used those wasted hours to plan, organize, and achieve realistic goals that would make daydreaming unnecessary because we were living our true purpose? This is one of the fundamental lessons in the course, and it goes deeper than most people ever imagine. Our culture is high-achieving, fast-paced, and results-oriented. But this is not the recipe for happiness, in case you haven't noticed. Constantly striving and trying to keep up with the latest and greatest only leads to burnout and exhaustion. So while setting goals is necessary, it can't be the primary source of happiness. What happens when we don't achieve our goal? We feel bad, sad, mad, or depressed. Or what happens when we do achieve it? We set another one and another one and another one never allowing happiness in because we're too busy striving. This is where systems and habits are essential. The better our systems and habits, the more we can accomplish, but also the more we feel content in our day-to-day -day experiences because we aren't in it for the end game. Setting a proper goal requires the implementation of various systems and habits to help you achieve that goal, a realistic time frame and an understanding of your purpose and what you find fulfilling in life. So how do you identify your true purpose? Number two, identify your deeper why to reveal your purpose. One of the reasons our daydream fantasies aren't realistic is because we haven't thought about what it takes to achieve them. Once we put thought and effort into breaking down the steps to achieve a goal, it's much easier to determine if it's worth the work or just as important if it's not worth the work. And to have the grit and perseverance to continue doing the work when it gets tough, you have to understand why you're working towards this goal. Caution, this is where the process gets uncomfortable. It requires digging deep into your past and your own psychology to uncover what really drives you. These deeper whys reveal your purpose and what fulfills you. In my own exploration, I discovered that my purpose is helping others find inspiration and happiness to reach their full potential through storytelling. I had to go back to my own childhood when a friend of mine committed suicide while I was on the phone with him and feel the pain of being unable to help him to understand why coaching others and telling stories of overcoming adversity was so important to me. That experience filled me with sadness, but also a deep compassion to reach out to those who can't see their own self-worth. After concluding this portion of the program, I had a better understanding of how to properly align my goals with my purpose. 
So after weeks of refining and clarifying my goals and finally preparing a proper goal statement, I was ready to get to work. But wait, what about all the obstacles that will stand in my way? Like the time commitments that run long and disrupt my schedule, or the doubts that keep me from trying something new, or the family obligations that require so much of my attention. I'll just cross that bridge when I get there, right? My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this article reading. But if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor, Roger Barton. Living this lifestyle of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I have been waiting for for a decade. I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, pro tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people on the production team where there's no room for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it down and we get to go spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, this looks amazing, I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, we are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video creator outside of Hollywood. I think what we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us. They give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining the creativity, the creative momentum, and the quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. Now back to today's article reading. Three, recognize obstacles and make a plan for overcoming them. This may have been my least favorite part of the program. For years now, I have been writing about happiness, gratitude, and good habits. I like to focus on the positive because I know that's better for my mental health. And it's just more fun. So when I was told to think about all the obstacles that would prevent me from reaching my goals, I became extremely, uh, slightly irritated. But if you've been listening to Zach and reading his posts, you know, if nothing else, he likes to be over-prepared. The point of the lesson is not to discourage. Instead, it's to prepare you for the inevitable challenges and obstacles that will come your way and devise a plan to work through them. When I listed all my obstacles, I discovered they weren't so unique and they were familiar friends that I've been grappling with for years. 
Maybe you're familiar with imposter syndrome, or maybe like me, you use perfectionism as an excuse not to try new things. How about telling yourself that you didn't really want that job anyway when you lose out to someone else? Do you ever run the other way when things get hard or avoid networking events because I'm just not good at networking? Yep, me too, all of the above. These are all examples of limiting beliefs. And when you learn to recognize those habitual excuses you tell yourself, you learn that you can flip the script and make a different choice. So when my habitual pattern is to accept the first job that is offered, even when it doesn't meet my creative or lifestyle needs, I can recognize that as a limiting belief. I can look at the evidence to the contrary. I can build the confidence to take the next steps towards achieving my goals. That all sounds great in theory, but how do I build my confidence? I'm so glad you asked. Number four, identify your one thing and ask the most important question you'll ever ask yourself. Confidence comes in part from clarity, which by this point in the course had grown tremendously for me. But this next step is what takes clarity from clear to crystal and builds confidence exponentially. The idea of identifying the one thing comes from authors Jay Papasan and Gary Keller, who literally wrote the book on it. The important question you must ask yourself to develop the confidence that your next action is the right one is this. What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? This concept resonated with me deeply because I was so guilty of bogging myself down with unimportant tasks that seemed urgent or important. Or I'd lose an entire day because I misjudged how long a task would take. Or I'd get stuck in a process not knowing what my next step should be and throw in the towel. This one question has the power to eliminate all these pitfalls and redirect the attention to the most efficient and effective task on your to-do list. This may seem unrelated to addressing limiting beliefs and getting to the place where you can identify and say no to the wrong jobs, but I promise it's absolutely essential and connected. When you learn to break down ideas, projects, and goals into small manageable steps, you can easily see whether or not you are making forward progress. This gives you the assurance that while you may not know how to get that dream job just yet, you know the next thing to do to get closer to it. So now that I have the confidence, how do I keep the momentum going? Number five, build consistency with time blocking. I don't know about you, but if I'm not consistent with something, it easily slips away and that confidence disappears as quickly as it came. This is where the systems and habits I began building at the start of the program up-leveled. This was also the part of the program where I surprised myself the most. I have never been a calendar person who planned my day hour by hour and week by week. This always seemed like something that only busy and important high-level executives did. But once I saw the magic of time blocking on the calendar and how it transforms a to-do list into realistic expectations, I was sold. As Zach likes to say, the great equalizer is that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. The difference is how we manage it. Time is not something you find, time is something you prioritize, end quote. 
After setting my goals, breaking them down into micro goals, projects, and single tasks, and understanding what one thing would make everything else easier, I was ready to load up my calendar and start getting things done. Putting essentially my entire life on my calendar gave me clarity about what could realistically get done by having to find a time and day for each task. And because I continuously review my goals and purpose, I also have clarity that my actions are moving in the right direction. So while time blocking may seem disconnected to making better job decisions, it should now be clear that it's all part of the bigger picture of defining your goals and building your confidence such that you can align your actions to your greater purpose. Clarity, confidence, and peace of mind can be yours. The pandemic has a way of simultaneously making it seem necessary to say yes to the first in any job that comes along, while also magnifying the need to say no to the wrong job that is clearly not the right fit. Despite the work I've done in the Focus Yourself program, the instinct to take the first job that comes along did not disappear, but the impulse to act on it did disappear. I knew in my gut that the job being offered did not align with my greater purpose. It did not align with my creative needs. It most likely did not align with my lifestyle needs either based on the schedule. But it would be a paycheck, something I haven't had since March. This is a very enticing temptation. And in some cases, it may be the only deciding factor. We all have bills to pay and basic needs to fulfill. When those needs are not being met or in danger of not being met, then take the paycheck without shame or regret. What we're aiming for is confidence and assurance in making decisions that lead to happy and fulfilling lives. This comes from setting proper goals, identifying your deeper whys to reveal your purpose, recognizing and planning for obstacles, identifying your one thing, and staying consistent with time blocking. If you have ever struggled with which job to take or felt stuck on the wrong path with no idea how to get on the right path, come join us in the Optimizer Coaching and Mentorship Community. You will gain clarity, confidence, and consistency to help you enjoy a balanced and fulfilling career and lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed this reading of guest author Debbie Germino's article, I Said No to a Job, a Good One During a Pandemic, which can be read at optimizeyourself.me slash saying no. And a special thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Evercast and Ergo Driven. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well. This episode was made possible for you by, you guessed it, ErgoDriven, the creators of the Topomat, my number one recommended product if you are interested in moving more and not having sore feet at your height adjustable or standing workstation. Almost every new person that I meet in this industry starts our conversation with, hey, I got a Topomat because of you. It's changed my life. Thank you. Listen, standing desks are only great if you're actually standing well. Otherwise, you are just fighting fatigue and chronic pain. Not like any other anti-fatigue mat, the Topo is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increases your focus and your productivity. I'm literally standing on one as I read this, and I don't go to a single job without it. 
And if you're smaller and concerned the topo mat might be too big, or you simply don't have the floor space, well, there's a topo mini for that. To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O.